Um, we're, of course, in Galatians chapter 1, and in all honesty, guys, I never dreamed we would be where we are. I, I thought we would be much further along in Galatians 1. Um, well, I mean, really, I did, um, because I'm eager to get to um, beginning at verse 6, because if, if you'll notice in verse 6, he says, um, I am astonished that you are turning to a different gospel, and then says... Um, uh, there's not really another one, but this is the only one. And, and that's the content of this book. The, the, the content of the book is about um, the gospel over against other gospels that are competing with it. And, um, and I'm eager to get there, um, but it's going to be after the first of the year when we do. You know that next Wednesday night is the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and we are, we are closed and then the next Wednesday night is a congregational meeting where you will elect um, four elders from a slate of 12. So, and then we, then we take the rest of December off, and then we resume in, in January, and that's when we'll get to um, uh, this different gospel thing in earnest. But before, before Paul gets there in earnest, he says some pretty powerful stuff, and um, a lot of it is contained in this verse 4 that we, that we began to look at last week. Um, let me read verse 3 and we'll <clears throat> read through verse 5. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, I, I said to you last week that verse 4 contains these three wonderful clauses the first one being, who gave himself for our sins. The second one, to deliver us from the present evil age. And the third one, according to the will. And we looked um, uh, at some length to this, this first clause, who gave himself for our sins. And what I tried to point out last week is that the, the only remedy for sin is, is, um, is, is found there. That is, in the, in the Savior who gave himself for our sins. The thing that I would draw your attention to tonight is the, is the hour. He gave himself for our sins. Um, you, you know, in our, <clears throat> in our bad moments, we might, we might be willing to grant that, you know, um, Jesus died for Paul and, and for John maybe, but, um, you know, people that we think are worthy of that. Um, but when we find ourselves in some kind of spiritual funk, it's, um, it's hard to believe that Jesus Christ would give himself for my sins. Um, but guys, I, I hope you see, and which is something that I tried to point out last night, what, what, that, what that does is to say, oh yeah, I can see where that would be true of him. Th- that's to suggest that Paul's sins are small and mine are great. That's not true. Paul's sin, or, or even a better example, I guess, that Mary, the Virgin Mary, that her sins are small and mine are great. No, ladies and gentlemen, all of our sins, there's, um, Paul doesn't do good works that thus atone for his sins. The only, the only remedy for sins is that Jesus gave himself for them. Um, Paul and other good people, Paul needs a savior. Mary needs a savior. I need a savior. You need a savior. 
And you and I are bound up in this word our. That is, who gave himself for our sin. And of course, Paul includes himself. It's those low views of sin that, that create all of this havoc with the gospel. Because we start thinking, oh, there's, <clears throat> if, it's, if sin is just a small thing, then I can deal with it with, with, a, with a, some kind of simple remedy. Um, you know, when you have a low view of sin, you have a very, what, what happens inevitably is I have a high view of myself. Um, when I have a low view of sin and I have a, li- a, a, a high view of myself, I start saying stupid things. Like, well, my God would never do anything like that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a derivative of having a low view of sin. Uh, people put themselves uh, above the scriptures and, and, and critique them because they have a low view of sin. It's their, that low view of sin that gives them the high view of themselves that, think that, 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 that gives them the right, they think, to, make, to pass judgments on statements that are made in this book. You know, um, I had a man recently say to me, you know, <clears throat> well, I don't agree with you about your view of there just being one way to heaven. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not asking you to agree with me. I don't, I'm not, that's not the goal to get you to agree with me. What we both got to do is figure out what is contained in this book and then be shaped by it. But when you have a low view of sin, you have a high view of yourself, and you think that you can pass judgments on this book. Guys, sin is so big that only Christ's death could pay for it. That's what this says. But, but, but listen to this, too. Christ's death is so big that there's no sin that should lead us to despair. Your sin is so huge that only Christ's death is a remedy. But his death is so huge that there's no, there's no sin that you've ever committed that would, um, that would keep you out of his grasp of grace. Guys, let me, let me tell you a little story that I think illustrates what I'm trying to say. I, I dealt with a woman years ago um, who was a dear, sweet little believer. Um, she was a preacher's daughter, not one of mine, but she was a preacher's daughter, and uh, she had gone, I mean, she was just a bright, shining little thing, and um, she had gone all the way through high school and through college uh, as a pure, um, obedient, radiant little believer. She falls in love with this guy and marries this guy and has a couple of kids or whatever. I don't know how many she had. but And then she blew it. Bad. She blew it. Real bad. Real bad. Now, I, I'm not trying to say that's a, that's a small thing. I'm not trying to say, oh, that's okay, no big deal. I'm not try- it is a big deal. It was a very big deal. It was a huge big deal that, that she did what she did. <clears throat> but but here's, 
Here's how, here's where she is. And I think even to this day, she is still wallowing in the guilt of her own failings, which is affecting her family. It's affecting her marriage. It's affecting her sleep. It's affecting her joy. And, and, and you know what she needs to do? She needs to listen to what, says, what Paul says. Jesus gave himself for our sins. You know, guys, we, we sing a song around here. Um, um, uh, I forget the tune now, but uh, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the wrong within, um, upward I look and see him there who, who made an end to all my sin. You know, guys, your sin is so bad. My sin, so bad that nothing but the death of Christ could pay for it. But the death of Christ is so big that she doesn't need to be wallowing in that guilt, and neither do you. Um, When Satan tempts me to despair, this is what you say to him. You say, um, listen, let me me, me get you this straight, uh, um, O enemy of my soul. Um, Christ was given not for the righteous. He was given for sinners, of which I happen to be one. You'll never convince me of anything other than the fact that I am a sinner. And as a result of my being a sinner, Christ is a perfect remedy. That's what Paul says, who gave himself for our sins. So you'll not torment me for my past failings. Um, I don't need to be tormented. Because of that statement, that assertion, Christ gave himself for our sins. Um, Guys, um, I don't know whether you struggle like that. I mean, um, I had another woman one time who, I'll, I'll tell you what she came to me with. She had an abortion in college. That's a terrible thing. Terrible thing. And I'm not trying to make light of it or, or, or minimize it. But what this says here is that Jesus gave himself for our sins. What do you want me to tell her? That there's no remedy for that? That piece of Failing, there is a remedy. But the only remedy is this remedy. Yes, my sin is huge. I'm a great sinner, but I have a greater Savior. Now, um, let me move to that next clause. He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. I'm going to do something that risks boring you because um, this whole idea of to deliver us from the present evil age... um, I hate it that the word deliver can can get, you might not get the full impact of what he says there by the word deliver. Guys, if you're, if you're studying your Bibles and you come to a word, one of the things that you do oftentimes is you do a word study, you know? You find out how this word is used elsewhere in the New Testament, which gives you a sense, a better sense of what it means here, you know? Now, uh, that's what you pay me to do a lot. I do a lot of that. I mean, I, I take a word and I track it down all through the Old Testament, the New Testament, whatever. But I'm not going to do that because if I do it too long, you'll be half asleep. But, but I do, I just show you three places and they're all in the book of Acts. Um, I would write the Greek word up there, but it's not going to, it's not going to, um, 
Uh, it's not going to benefit you. It's exireo is the Greek word. But that word is found in Acts chapter 7, verse 34. Let me read you that. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in groaning and have heard their groaning, and I have come down to deliver them. There's that same word that's over here in Galatians. It's, it's right there. It's, I've come down to deliver them from the, that, that Egyptian bondage. Go to chapter 12. It's found there in verse 11. Um, when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod. Same word. Same Greek word over here that you find in, in, in Galatians chapter 1. One more place, and it's in Acts chapter 23. Same Greek word that you find in Galatians 1, uh, Acts 23, verse 27, uh, where you find this. Um, this man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them when I came upon them with the soldiers and rescued him. That's the same word that you find over here. When it says, uh, Jesus gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, you, you miss some of the import of the word. He gave himself uh, for our sins to rescue us. You see, there's a different sense in the word rescue than in the word deliver. Don't you think? When people are rescued, it's because they're in big trouble. And that's what this says. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us. The gospel is a rescue action, ladies and gentlemen. Colossians 1, same word found in Colossians 1 that says he, um, he has uh, uh, delivered us out of a kingdom of darkness he, he, and transferred us to a kingdom of light. He took us out. He grabbed us. He, he, he plucked us out. That's, what, that's what's behind this word, guys. What, what, what Jesus did as a result of his work is that he rescued us. We're rescued because we were, we were about to perish. We're rescued um, from this present evil age. You know, I, I guess I could say a whole lot about uh, this present evil age. Um, it's evil. Everybody know that? Um, by the way, have you heard, it was, this was in the commercial about a week ago, commercial appeal paper that y'all don't ever read. Um, but there's a movement um, to plant um, mega churches, atheist mega churches. Anybody read that? Thank you, Ron. I mean, you're you're a redneck like me. Um, but um, and they're trying to raise money. And the new mega church is the the church for atheists. That's because of this present evil age. If Paul's evil age was evil, then what is ours? In fact, this is this is kind of funny. Um, it's really not funny. Um, but this is in Revelation chapter 12, um, and, and the angel is speaking, and it says, um, But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because that he knows his time is short. The Scripture looks, looks at us and says, mm, Too bad. Woe to you, because the devil has come down in all of his malice, in all of his um, opposition to the gospel. Um, so, sorry guys, but that's where we live. Um, sin reigns and thus everything is disintegrating. It began with the fall. It began in Genesis chapter 3. You think that the uh, Affordable Care Act is unraveling? Um, and you take great comfort in that, do you? 
Well, it's all unraveling, ladies and gentlemen. And let me just tell you, the Republicans can't fix it. Um, if your hope is in the Republicans, mm, too bad. Uh, I don't know what you think about the Affordable Care Act. That's, that's, but it might be unraveling. But that's not, that's not our biggest problem. Our biggest problem is that we live in a present evil age. And, and interestingly, he, he doesn't take us out of it. He, take us, he delivers us from it. We're still here in that present evil age. There's only two, you know. Um, there's only two kingdoms. And uh, we got delivered out of the other one, and we got put in a new one. But, but our, those kingdoms kind of overlap, and we live in them both. We live in the kingdom that's headed up by Jesus, and we, we find ourselves located in a, in, a, in a present evil age. And it's, um, it's, uh, it is evil indeed. Um, and then the last clause, uh, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present, according to the will of our God and Father. Um, it is the Father's will, ladies and gentlemen, that's being played out in the whole scheme of redemption. All that Christ did to deliver you occurred because the Father is exercising his will. Um, it is not by our wisdom. It is not by our shrewdness. It is not by the exercise of our will. The, the origin of Jesus Christ's death is God's will. Salvation, ladies and gentlemen, begins in the eternal counsels of God. His will is being executed. As, as the church is being built by uh, people embracing the Savior. You know, um, the, the text calls him uh, according to the will of our God and Father. That's a, that's a rich little possessive pronoun. According to the will of our God and Father. Now, I, I've somewhat raced through this because um, I, I said to you that I'm eager to get to verse 6. We're not going to do it tonight, but so that we can, we can start talking about a different gospel. But it's hard for me to imagine a statement that is better calculated to oppose any intrusion of any kind of human will or supposed merits of man in this matter of attaining salvation than verse 4. Can I say that again, ladies and gentlemen? It is hard for me to, to imagine a statement that is that is better calculated to, to oppose any idea of the intrusion of some kind of human remedy. Oh, I know how you're supposed to be saved. You're supposed to, <coughs> you're supposed to get baptized. It's hard for me to imagine something that could be m- more precise Then what is said in verse 4? Who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God the Father. Do you see any kind of human contribution in those three rich clauses? Ladies and gentlemen, any intrusion to that simple, it's not a simple statement, a profound statement in verse 4, is something we call heresy. Any tampering with the, with, with, with the 
precepts that you find in verse 4 is heresy. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, the only heresy today is the heresy of saying that there's heresy. You know where I got that? I didn't think that up. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are in in the study of a book where the whole controlling theme is that Paul is trying to overturn a different gospel. And so in the, in, the, in the very warp and woof of everything he says, he is trying to overturn error. He's trying to overturn human intrusions to the gospel. Oh, yeah, well, you need to get circumcised or baptized, or you need to let us baptize, you need to be immersed, or you need to speak in tongues, or you need to, you need to you know, say Hail Marys or whatever. Any of those intrusions, ladies and gentlemen, constitute heresy. And I'm, I, get, I get tired. By the way, we got, we got five and seven-eighths chapter to go in a six-chapter book. And over and over and over and over again, what I've got to be telling you is that's wrong and this is right. Because Paul is combating a different gospel. And you know, I get tired of it. I get tired of saying, well, you know, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong too. That's wrong. That's wrong. And as if, I'm, I'm, I'm the bastion of truth. Ladies and gentlemen, I make no such claim, and I, 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 I hope that is not the impression that you ultimately get. But I don't care whether you agree with me. What we've all got to do is come plonk ourselves down beneath the precepts of this book and figure it out. Now, but for me to stand here week after week after week after week and say, well, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. The only heresy today is saying that there's heresy afoot. And I got that, I got that sentence from a piece of hip-hop. Me, (laughs) 65-year-old me. Do you know the difference in hip-hop and rap? Neither do I. (laughs) But I did ask. um, And um, Carl Kasperson, as you know, has come from a very checkered past. Um, and, and he is always, you know, shipping this stuff to us, you know, via email saying, well, you ought to see this, look at that, look at that. And I'm thinking, where are you taking me? Um, well, today he sent us a piece of hip hop. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, it was refreshing. Now, as I sat there and listened to it, I didn't get but about 40% of it. Because, you know, it's, it's language that, you know, no, no, no bad language. I mean, it's just, it's hard to get the language. But I got that one sentence. The only heresy today is saying that there's heresy. And th- this is a piece of hip-hop by a black artist. And I'm going to let you listen to it. It's four minutes and seven seconds long. 
the words are going to be up here on the, on the screens. But the words are also on your tables. Out there under the flowers or the salt and pepper. The words, and you are going to have to work to keep up. Um, it's going to be difficult for you to, but you're going to get more than I got the first time through. You're going to get, I mean, I got 40%, maybe you'll get 70, but if you don't have one of those sheets, the words will be up here. We've got the words, but listen, they're not arranged like you find them on that sheet of paper. I mean, he's going to be racing through there and you better, you better take a deep breath. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear what this, this man's name is Shai, S-H-A-I, Lynn, L-I-N-N-E. He's a black artist. Play it for us there, Jason. Loud. <laughs> so that we can all... Only at Gracie Van do you get a piece of hip-hop. Uh, <laughs> um, all I can tell you is, ladies and gentlemen, to me, that was refreshing. N- not in terms of the beat. <laughs> if there were one. Uh, <laughs> stop it, Dennis. Uh, that, was really, that was really hideous. Um, <clears throat> But the idea that there is somebody else out there saying, <clears throat> I am set to contend for the truth, you bet I will, it will offend. But some who claim to be part of his sheep got some sharp teeth, they're wolves. And God forbid that for the love of some fans, I keep quiet and watch them die with their blood on my hands. Because today the only heresy is saying that there's heresy. How dare they be specific and drop some clarity on the popularity of the gospel of prosperity? Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The lie is you can achieve a crown without a cross. Even believers are shocked. Even unbelievers are shocked how they're fleecing the flock. Tell me, who would teach you to pursue as a goal the very thing that the Bible said will ruin your soul? To make it worse, they've exported this, exported this garbage into other countries. Do you know why the Middle East hates us, ladies and gentlemen? Because this is the stuff that they get. Jesus is not a means to an end. The gospel is he came to redeem us from sin. How about that? That seems to be certainly consistent with Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. And that is the message forever I'll yell. If you're living your best life now, you're headed for hell. Did you get that? Did you get that illusion, ladies and gentlemen? To whom does that allude? Oh, come on. Your best life now? That's Joel Osteen's book. If you're living your best life now, you're headed for hell. You know, one of the things too, uh, on the popularity of the gospel of prosperity. I love that. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, There's another gospel out there. It's a different gospel. It ain't this one. It's a gospel that will damn you. 
And, and for this brother to start naming names was just refreshing to me. I don't even name names. Very frankly, I'm not, I'm not attacking people. I'm attacking the theological position. The theological position that says that you've got to be baptized by immersion by us to be saved. That, ladies and gentlemen, is heresy. It's an intrusion to the gospel. And I know of no statement that is better calculated to oppose any intrusion of human will or supposed human merit in, the, in, in this matter of saving than Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus, who gave himself for our sins, to deliver us, to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't read over that quickly before he ever gets to the discussion of different gospel. He's already told you what the gospel is right there. And there is not one scintilla of a human contribution anywhere in that verse. The only people who think that some kind of human contribution is needed are those who have small views of sin. And so they think, this will fix it. Nothing will fix it, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing will fix it. Except the one who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever. When Satan tempts us to despair And shows me all the wrong within. Upwards I look and see him there. The one who rid me from my sin. One with himself. I cannot die. The reason I can't die, ladies and gentlemen, and the reason reason that I'm safe is not because I made some kind of contribution of human merit, it's because Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, is true. Our Father, I, I do pray that you will remind us that there is a different gospel, a gospel afoot that, that will damn and um, though uncomfortable and unenjoyable, And unenviable is the position of having to point out the error after error after error. It's just like this brother said, Lord, we, we, um, for the sake of a few fans, we keep keep quiet and watch them die with their blood on our hands. Might we not be found guilty of that, Lord God? And, and uh, what, what, make us students, make us 
make us the most diligent of students so that we might discover what the real gospel is and what it has done to set us free from guilt such that Satan will never torment us again. Do that for us, Father. All for the glory of God, our Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Good night.